Hi, I'm Liz Beattie. This is the new Healthy Building Podcast. We dig for stories that transform communities and save the planet one building at a time. Of course, the folks at Thomas Cole Inc., Cleaner Air for Schools, and climate change leaders know well the challenges facing schools these days. That's why they're driven to share technology like Remy LED and duct sealing that can make classrooms and in-person learning as safe and healthy as possible as soon as possible. Today, we set out to understand why this goal is so important. What is the full extent of how this pandemic has impacted learning for our kids? And to find out, we head to the front lines. Ahead, you'll hear from three different educators, from schools with different focuses, different teaching modalities, and different age groups. And while we learn about some important silver linings to the past couple of years, we learn too why there's also no substitute for getting kids back into the classroom. Listen in. My name is Mark Brims. I'm head of academics at the University of Toronto Schools. Uh, UTS is an um, independent school uh, operating uh, on the University of Toronto campus, and uh, we have an affiliation agreement with the University of Toronto. Now, UTS is known, too, for its merit-based admissions, attracting diverse and exceptionally talented students from grades 7 to 12. And while forced into it like everybody else, they've now really embraced a hybrid model of online and in-person learning as the kids are heading back to school. I think we still do have about 35 to 40% of our students learning from home, uh, and we're offering a teaching and learning model that's hybrid. So it, it makes for uh, just less bodies in the building, uh, which which gives people a little, a little bit more space. And uh, I think just uh, it's a little bit more of a comfortable environment because there are less people uh, present in person. But as with many teachers, Mark is a parent too. And what he's experienced with his younger children has been more challenging indeed. My sons are in grade, grades two and three. And despite the best efforts of their teachers, I mean, they had excellent lessons planned for online learning. But um, without shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder guidance and supervision, uh, it's hard for them to stay on task. They're very vocal about the fact that they don't like it. The interactions that they have with their friends um, at school are, are critical, right, for the social-emotional uh, learning and well-being uh, aspect of, of growing and learning as a kid. The only positive thing they had to say about it was they enjoyed the chat function because they were blasting emojis or, or GIF, GIFs or whatever, right, for the poor teacher. But the value of this face-to-face -face interaction isn't limited to students alone. It, it makes it more difficult to um, function, to be honest with you. The little hallway conversations that you have, uh, or just being able to quickly pop into someone's office, um, you miss those kind of critical interactions uh, that kind of happen naturally at work. Again, there are those important silver linings. I think with any change... Um, there are always, you know, a mixture of opinions. So some people, I think, certainly prefer to teach online uh, as compared to teaching hybrid, which is the situation we find ourselves back in now. Um, but we have a lot of good supports as well. Like we have a, a, 
head of uh, teacher learning technology and, and research, and she was able to really provide a lot of support uh, to teachers. And then there was a lot of capacity building too, shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know, teachers helping each other out with tips and tricks and, and how to leverage digital a bit more intentionally to support uh, teaching and learning. So I think, I mean, it's, that's one of the pros that's come out of the pandemic, I think. I think everybody has upskilled quite a bit mm. uh, in terms of leveraging digital to, to support uh, teaching and learning. Still, technology can only do so much in building that all-important sense of connection and community, even among these high-achieving students. Yeah, engagement is key. I mean, especially at the outset, we, we really tried to uh, drive home that message um, that, in, you know, engagement over rigor. Um, and that, that's a tough sell at our school because it's, our, our students are very, very um, talented. Uh, academics is kind of number one. Um, so to, to kind of shift, shift a little bit just in terms of, uh, you know, trying to create community in your classroom versus compliance um, and, and engage students, check in with students every day to see how people are doing. Um, and that, that kind of thing for sure. Uh, but certainly for prolonged periods of, of online uh, learning um, and when we're in lockdowns, I mean, teachers and students alike, um, I think, feel a, a little bit of a, a loss of connection um, with each other. But with kids coming back to school, Mark pointed out the growing awareness of how our physical learning environments impact student wellness and learning. Our school building has been under renovation for the past uh, three years. So we're slated to move back in uh, March, which is exciting. Um, But just even that environmental change, uh, having uh, a brand new building to go back to um, and even on site having, you know, a a gym available for for students and staff to use. uh, Those types of supports, I think, are, are nice to have. And of course, we had to ask about the ventilation piece in this wellness picture. You know, I think um, just on the the ventilation point you just touched on, I think, you know, people are starting to really focus in on learning environment in a way that they may not have in the past. I think it's always been important, but even uh, more important now than ever. So we're we're thinking about how to use our time and space a little bit more intentionally to support uh, well-being for students and teachers. My name is uh, Dan Olds. I'm a co-op teacher at uh, Pauline Johnson High School in Brantford, Ontario. Like Mark, Dan sees that some form of online learning is here to stay. It's interesting because a couple weeks ago, uh, we heard some rumblings from another school uh, in our board that they had heard that um, students in high school were going to have to do two online credits as part of their 30 credits to graduate. So that's something that I've recently heard um, and I know that um, they're definitely doing more online courses now in university um, students that have graduated and gone that we've talked to and teachers that I uh, speak with that have stu- uh, uh, children in, in university it sounds like they're pushing a little more online learning moving forward in, in post-secondary schools for sure. As a teacher and a parent, too, Dan had concerns very similar to Mark about the learning experience of his young daughter and his high school age students. Well, I, I think it's, it's 
extremely important to, to keep that social interaction. Um, I have a four-year-old who just started kindergarten this year, and online learning was not very beneficial for her. Um, you know, she she's so much better off being in class with her friends. Uh, it, it not not only does she learn a lot more um, from her teacher, but um, the interactions I think at that age, especially, are so important and. And uh, and it still translates into high school too. Like um, the social interactions that they have here. Like I, I think we're in a day and age, especially with technology, where there's a lot of more uh, of introverted type people. And and being in in a social setting, you know, it kind of helps those people that are introverted. And when they've been forced to be online, that that kind of exacerbated their, you know, that trait that they have. So. Uh, I hope it doesn't get too far where they've expanded online learning in the future, um, where they're doing it more often. Like, I think it's okay to have it blended in a bit, but being here in person is extremely important. Again, the biggest concern is student engagement. Yeah, we definitely saw some students really um, fade off with the online learning, you know, and and sometimes, you know, we... (laughs) He didn't hear from that student for a few days and uh, and they just were not engaging at all. And, and so it was not a good experience for them. You know, some students, we noticed that, you know, they, they dealt with it fine and they, they came back to school fine, but others really struggled with it. And, and uh, that two-year gap now that we've had where they've been going back and forth, it wasn't very good for them and it's a struggle for them to come back to school now. So again, as his students start to head back to class, the spotlight grows on physical learning environments and particularly on the deficits of older buildings. Well, myself, we're in a very old building and I I can't remember the exact date that this school was built, but it's, it is a very old school and um, it's been around for decades. So especially in the fall in September, and then and towards the spring in May and June, it can be very uncomfortable in class. And in an environment like that, that we can definitely see student engagement is, is not as high as it would be in a comfortable setting. And, and the air quality itself, I know that they've, that they've uh, had people working in here to go over some of that stuff and to, and to you know, improve some of the air quality. But if the environment in the classroom is not conducive to learning, and whether it's air quality or when I'm speaking of temperature, because it can be uncomfortable, it's, it is very hard to keep the students organized, um, attentive, and, and learning. Hi, I'm Barb Jensen. I've been a teacher for 33 years, and I'm newly retired. Um, I've worked with the Peel District School Board for all of those 33 years and have had a wonderful career. Full disclosure, Barb is my longtime friend, so I can tell you with some authority, she is someone who really connects with people in the same space. So here's her take on the promise of learning new skills through the pandemic, but also the nut of what makes in-person learning irreplaceable. Yeah, like, I was kind of excited by the whole thing, thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be a great opportunity. But I think where it started falling apart 
was exactly what you said, that connection piece. And even, you know, with them seeing their friends. And there's certain things, there are great benefits to the computer and the technology and things that we have. And I don't think that'll go away. I think, you know, even for snow days, like we'll pull that up and it'll be there. Oh yeah, snow days are never going to be the same. (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) That's over. But certain things I think we will, you know, grab onto. But there's that, you know, the piece with their friends and the, the collaborative piece where kids are working together in shared experiences. Having that one-to-one time, just that spontaneous, you know, if if um, Johnny's not getting or Liz isn't getting the concept, you, can, you know immediately by body language and uh, you get in tuned with how they're, they're feeling about a certain concept. And you can, you can nip it in the bud. And funny, in our digital age, with devices separating us into our own bubbles, often separate rooms, it's the in-person collaboration and leadership skills learning that we're missing from everyday life. It's true. It's, it's, um, there are the skills that, you know, learning to walk. It's, it's uh, you know, like those little... Pretty fundamental. Yeah, pr- fundamental. Uh, it's not just about you know, the pencil paper things. I had to ask, having worked most of her adult life surrounded by little people, surely she felt her immune system must have taken a beating. Maybe that's the, that's the secret. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've been exposed to so much that my immune system... You're titanium. Like, ah, bring it on. I'm good. <laughs> I've had sneezes right in my mouth. Like, oh. I'm not even joking. Yeah, you're, um, so... uh, I have to take a moment on that one. Oh, you're gross. Yeah, I have that. I'm sorry. God bless all our teachers and everything they do to bring learning to life for our children. To learn more about duck sealing and Remy LED, which, by the way, features a three-foot sneeze shield that clearly Barb could have used, or to learn all that TCI, Cleaner Air for Schools, and climate change leaders are doing to improve in-person and in-class learning, visit cleanerairforschools.com. I'm Liz Beattie. You've been listening to the new Healthy Building Podcast. See you next time.